you can do it. Um, but at, at some point, you know, fundamental principles of strength and conditioning are progressive overload. Um, so if all you've got is body weight at some point, and I'm not, I'm not saying you have to lift weights to be strong. Um, you look at gymnasts and uh, in my understanding is they don't do a ton of weightlifting, but they look pretty solid. He was a strength coach for the Anaheim Ducks hockey team in Anaheim, California. He's trained an Olympic gold medalist. And now, due to the virus, he's working out of a new home gym. On the health experience with Tom Glander, here's Chris Martin. Originally, when I went into this industry, um, the goal was to work with elite hockey players. Um, growing up in the Midwest, I, I grew up playing the game. I mean, I participated in every sport, but... Hockey was the one that uh, really resonated with me and I really kind of fell in love with. Um, so the goal was to ultimately work with high-level hockey players or athletes in general. Um, being in Arizona at the time or Tempe, Phoenix, um, back in 2000 to 2005, hockey wasn't exactly a, a, I don't know, a strong Not your sport. mainstream thing for Arizona, huh? Yeah, it was uh, it was tough to get by, and now you've got uh, elite NHLers like Austin Matthews who grew up in the area, and it, it's starting to change, but still, it's obviously a non-traditional market. Um, so that was kind of the demographic I was I was mostly interested in. Okay. Um, and work and working with them, you kind of find out that they've got a lot of shoulder issues, they've got a lot of hip issues, they've got a lot of low back issues, which so do most general fitness clients, um, just adults, uh, people trying to feel better, move better, look a little bit better. Um, so a lot, there's a lot of carryover between, believe it or not, a, an elite athlete and an adult general fitness client as far as, you know, the risk reward and exercise selection kind of stuff. So those are uh, the two the two core demographics. But um, obviously, we work with a lot of youth athletes as well. So we kind of lump them into two categories, I guess, being 14 to 18 year olds and then 13 and under. OK, so, now you've done some work with some elite athletes. Didn't you work with the uh, Anaheim Ducks at one point? That's right. Yeah. So I was, um, I was a contracted strength coach through the Anaheim Ducks organization, uh, for five years, two years, I was the head strength and conditioning coach for the San Diego Gulls in the American league. Um, and then for another two years, I was the assistant strength and conditioning coach, uh, in the NHL with the Anaheim Ducks. So when you are a strength coach for the Ducks, you have obviously hands on with their, with their top stars. What, what does a day look like? They're not a day, but let's take one guy and he's got issues. What do you do for him? Yeah. So, I mean, each organization is going to be a little bit different um, with our organization. Typically, if or when I was with that organization, I guess um, when an athlete's injured, uh, they're not playing, they're not participating in games. They typically want them to be um, not necessarily involved as much with the, the regular flow of the team. Um, I think that there's a couple of reasons for that. One, they don't want the, the guys that are playing. They don't want them to be distracted by the injured guy. Right. Um, but I think secondly, there's a psychological play going there that if the guy is ostracized from the team, he's going to work a bit harder to get back involved. Um, so again, I think it's, it's, it's different from organization to organization. Um, but typically the athlete comes in, um, before the rest of the team, they go to see medical, they get treatment. Um, we then meet with the medical team being the athletic therapist, the physical therapist, the massage therapist. Um, they come into the gym, um, we write their program for them well in advance, obviously, like I said, you know, knocking down the silos between the medical staff and the strength. And Wait, so staff. you can tailor make a program for somebody who has been injured and has had physical therapy and now has been given a green light to do A, B, and C, but not D. 
for example. Correct. Yeah. So, so green lights or red lights. Yeah. So there's going to be certain things that our PT or athletic therapist might say, Hey, we need you to stay away from this. Or, um, he's a good, uh, good to go on that, but at this intensity or volume or, you know, whatever variable it's going to be. Um, but yeah, you, you, you work hand in hand with the medical staff hundred percent. Yeah. So you can uh, then, of course, if you can do that, that level for uh, professional athletes. And have you also worked with, I think, Olympic uh, gold medalists? Yeah, so that was, uh, yeah, just uh, a female hockey player. Um, just awesome girl. I've known her since she was probably, shoot, she must have been 12 or 13 years old. Um, and I knew her through um, my former business partner, who was the skating consultant for the Anaheim Ducks at this point. Um, but yeah, she trained with us for years and years. And then, um, very cool to see her. I remember I was sitting in the gym at the Honda center. So in the locker room and I was watching her, uh, receive an Olympic gold medal. It was really cool. actually. Oh, very nice. Yeah. I bet that's rewarding. It was, uh, it's the fun stuff, man. I mean, it's <laughs> the, the NHL was cool and there's plenty of perks there. You know, the, the charter flights, the staying at the Ritz and traveling to the cities and seeing every arena, it's, it's really cool. But when you have, you know, somebody that's 12 years old, you watch him grow up, and now she's a Division One athlete after having already won an Olympic gold medal. That's kind of the fun stuff, that's for sure. So you used to have, or do you still have, um, centers that you work from, or do you work from your home, or how are you managing things now during the age of COVID, so to speak? Sure, yeah. So since uh, since this started, um, I believe it was March 13th was when we found out that the elementary schools were going to be closing and that, and um, we actually ended up closing, I believe it was the 17th. So we went through the weekend trying to figure out exactly how we were going to operate. We had two locations, I guess I'm still in, in lease. I still technically am in charge or responsible for two separate locations inside um, the rinks. Um, but yeah, honestly, we, I got really fortunate, I guess, with our garage set up and the garage has become um, our virtual setting. So we're now broadcasting through Zoom, I think, like a lot of other people. Um, and we're running sessions daily. Um, I guess Friday and Sunday are the two days that we're not doing sessions. I, I run beach workouts on Friday morning down in Newport with a couple of uh, pro clients. Wait, and you do um, this then, all from your garage with, uh, what, a camera set up in there on Zoom, huh? Yeah, so we set up the laptop. Um, and then we've got an Apple TV um, that syncs up, too. So, I, honestly, we, we put a, a, an old tabletop on top of a, a push sled a tank sled and then set a TV that wasn't being used up on top of it through Apple TV. And that way I'm able to see the clients a bit better. You get, you know, 10 or 15 tiles up there. It can be, it can be tough. So you're trying to get your coaching eye through a new lens, but yeah, we've been operating, you know, multiple sessions a day through zoom classes. And this is one on one on one with each person. Is that correct? So I've done one-on-one. Um, I've done assessments that way um, where maybe mom or dad is holding the camera um, and it's just a FaceTime call with a client just to get them kind of onboarded. Um, it's our screening process. Just like, you know, when you go to the doctor, they take your, uh, you know, your, your, your blood pressure and check your vision and that it's the same thing for us through movement. Okay. Um, but otherwise we've been working in a small group setting Okay. Um, anywhere from, yeah, sometimes it's one-on-one. Sometimes you might have three kids. Sometimes you might have 15. Wow. It kind of depends on the, the time there. So they're all watching you, and then are you're you're looking at all these people on the screen at the same time. Yeah, so I think typically the way when it first started, you know, learning the the ins and outs of Zoom, uh, we would typically suggest that the client pins me, um, so they can see what it is that I'm doing, and then I demonstrate or explain, you know, the section or the block that we're going to be focusing on. Um, basically, kind of give them the rundown of what it is, and then I walk up to the TV screen, and then. 
you get the coach's eye trying to see what's happening and, and, you know, make some adjustments. Obviously people have limited equipment. Everything's on back order still, and it's been tough. So um, we loaned out the equipment, like the, I guess you would call them essentials for a gym. We loaned those out to all of our clients. So my gym's almost sitting there empty now, hmm. um, but we loan them stuff and get after it. So are people adjusting to this or are they finding this to be, um, I don't know if you've had any of the compare before and after, like before they used to work with you personally, but now they got to work with you over a, a video camera. Do you have any yeah, sense yeah. of how that's working out? You know, I've, I've heard other coaches say it and, um, you know, people, they weren't paying for the facility. They weren't paying to be in a location. They were paying for the coaching. Right. Um, that coaching is still happening. It's just being delivered, delivered through a different medium. Um, obviously like, you know, I, I'm a team guy. Like I, I like working in team settings. I like being in the gym. I like the music. I like the feel. I like the culture. I like the environment. Um, I like giving somebody a high five. I, I like seeing somebody achieve a goal. Um, I like being able to celebrate that with them. Um, but you know, like we're, it still happens. It's just different. You know, like one of our things, like whenever a kid gets done, when we were in the physical setting, we used to ask for two high fives, like just two in a row. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, mm-hmm. you can't do that now. Right. Um, but the kids all still give me a virtual high five. Like they still put their hand up to the camera and we get a tap and some kids, they want knuckles and we put our fists up there and we do that. And, you know, we're still, we're still <laughs> connecting with them. We, I don't know how many times we've sung happy birthday on a call. Um, oh, wow. The whole neighborhood can probably hear it. So it's still happening. Um, it's the new normal. Um, like it or not, this is. This oh, is I, I don't, I, I start, I'm sorry. I can't go to this, that this is going to be the new normal. There's no way this is going to continue forever. I think uh, maybe yeah, it's a temporary it's, normal. I mean, that's, that's my feeling on it anyway. I think the pendulum has swung uh, really far in one direction. I don't see it swinging completely back the other way. I, I don't know that this is going to be the only way, um, but I know that as far as me as a business owner, it is not going to be eliminated from the business just because the gym reopens or I guess if and when the gym reopens. Um, it's, not, it's not for everybody, that's for sure. Um, like I said, I love being in the physical setting. Uh, no, I think uh, I, I think maybe, maybe it's misunderstood. I don't mean that it's – we're not going to have the what you're doing right now, but I mean being able to touch people again and that kind of stuff. That's that's oh, yeah. that's going to come back. We've got it. That's humans are just we we have to have physical contact. Hundred percent. I mean, I've seen studies. You know, just again like the different sides of coaching from the physio, the physiological to the psychological and and that. And they say the, the basketball teams, for example, I, I couldn't cite the study off the top of my head, but they talked about teams where the players touch each other more are more successful. Mm-hmm. Like people need people need that physical contact uh, for for that kind of thing. So it'll it'll come. So we've got a big gap right now, and you're basically standing in the gap. I can uh, visualize you as you've got one hand on technology, the other hand on the virtual person, and you're bringing your skill set to anybody that's interested in working with you. You just don't get to touch them and be right there with them, but they still get the the results. Let me talk about results. What kind of results do you see with people? Let's take my, I'm a 59-year-old male. Uh, I'm in pretty good shape, but I'm not very strong. Uh, maybe I'm not as conditioned. What can I expect if I came to you for, you know, to work with you? Yeah, so I, that's actually a really good one. It's been kind of, it's kind of interesting. Like, it happened this week. We celebrated a victory. Now, it was a female client, um, but ultimately, like, she's still, she's still a person, and, and the results would be similar. So I can give you, I guess, specifics to what has happened recently with one of our female clients, but obviously with the, the males, it's a, it's a different mindset, I think at times. Um, so some kind of transformation with, here. 
Yeah, exactly right. So um, she's a mother of two. I believe one of them is six and one of them is nine or 10 years old, a little boy and a little girl, um, who are actually are also participating in our 13U program. Um, but mom, we asked, uh, she asked us for some nutritional help. So we started talking to her about using an app. It's free and just beginning to track her nutrition first. So we didn't actually suggest that she adjust any of her macros or calories or any of the variables there. I just wanted to see where she was at. I wanted to get a baseline. I wanted to see what direction the car was pointing before I started to give her directions. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just asked her for three days to track. Um, be honest. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's a pint of ice cream a night. I don't care if it's six colas a day. I, don't, right. I honestly don't just care. Just to get the baseline. Yeah, I just need to see where you're at. So um, she complied. She did that. Um, so then we started asking her simple questions on a scale of one to ten. How likely is it that you'll be able to follow through with you know, this adjustment, um, we met her where she was at with, I'd say probably a month or so of work. We got her on board. Um, and then we got her dialed into the macros that I would suggest for a woman of her age and size and activity level. Oh, so I didn't um, know you actually had uh, nutrition counseling as well. Oh yeah. I mean, obviously, like I'm not certified necessarily. Um, and I, you know, it's all with a grain of salt, but, um, you know, it's, at the same time, like if, if I can work with elite level athletes, general fitness population, and obviously like in my own sure. experiences, sure. yeah, like we'll offer, and it's very rudimentary. Um, but again, I think nutrition can be very simple. I think a lot it of can. times Absolutely. People try, they try to overcomplicate things, um, you know, make labeling certain foods, no food, no food, just like anything else is inherently good or bad. It's like medicine, right? And anything. Yes. Correct. And the wrong dose is medicine or poison. So. Right. So, so you worked with her, you got her macros dialed in, and then you got her onto a strength or some sort of what kind of program then? Right. So she's just in our adult general fitness group classes that's offered on Zoom. Um, she was a client in a physical setting probably six months ago. She then moved to Northern California when COVID happened. We, uh, my girlfriend, Kara, had, who's been a huge asset to the business, um, had reached out to her and just stayed, stayed friends and connected. Um, and let her know that we were going to be offering adult classes. And if it was something she'd interested in, then, you know, we'd be happy to help. So she got on board and she's been consistently participating in our, our classes are typically full body strength and conditioning. Um, you know, we don't, we don't isolate things. We do typically compound movements, but three days a week. Um, she's been very consistent with that. And then after um, we kind of got her dialed in, once she started to get where she was tracking her macros or she was hitting her macros consistently, we then asked her to take measurements. So she just got a little, you know, $10 tape measure off Amazon. And she took some circumferences of different spots of her body that she deemed important. Um, tracked all of those, wrote all of those down. She continued to train three days a week and track food every day. Send us a screenshot for accountability. Okay. She got 21 days consecutive of hitting her numbers. And then we asked her to take measurements again. Um, and what was super cool to me was we increased her caloric intake by over 800 calories a day. Wow. Um, and we had her get on the scale on day one. And then on day 21, she got on the scale again. The scale did not move one pound, um, but she lost, I think it was four different sites that she took tape measures. She lost five inches in circumference over those four or five different. We asked her again, like in, the, in our consult with her in the beginning, asking her, what was, what are your goals? Um, and she gave us a number. She gave us a goal weight that she had, which again, I'm not here to tell her what her goals are. I'm here to um, help her. I'm here to educate her and say, that's fine. Like if that's the number you want to weigh, great. Um, but I'm going to give you what you want, but I'm also going to give you what you need. Um, so ultimately it's, you know, this is, you know, she has a number in mind, which is fine. 
Um, but I think that it's very telling when we have her take circumference measurements and she says her problem areas are, you know, her quads or her thighs or her hips or her bust or her belly or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, and the scale doesn't move, but the tape measure doesn't lie. The scale can lie. The tape measure doesn't lie. Even the same scale. If you keep the same scale, like we got a $20 scale from target, like anybody else, you can put that scale in three different, uh, spots of our home. You get three three different different weights. I know. I know. So. <laughs> I've I've uh, been in. Well, I won't go into my story. This is not about me. Uh, okay, so you've got a person then who I think that's the thing that stands out in my mind is the consistency, the accountability. So if somebody sure. joins your program, there is they have to be accountable. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's a choice. Um, we've got clients that choose not to do nutritional. You know, we've got clients that choose to only work out with us once a week or once every other week. Again, it, it depends on the individual. Um, and obviously with things going on right now, we're, we're, we've been very flexible as far as, you know, our business model and, and how strict can we be on expectations. Um, but with that, we've considered some things moving forward where we've talked about different business models where maybe we only work in groups of somewhere between three and six. Each individual can be on their own program. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at that point, you know, we don't give people an option. You don't get the option of training, you know, maybe I train two days a week or maybe I'm on an unlimited package and I can come five one week and, you know, one the next and whatever. We're saying, again, these are not things that we've come to conclusions on yet, but we've tinkered with the idea of saying, no, everybody is on a three-day program. Everybody's on their own program, but they come three days a week. Okay. Um, because again, like what, what is my goal? You know, I'm not, it's not necessarily just recreational for fun. I mean, you can do that, but again, this is us trying to decide what the business model is going to look like. Are we for people who are only serious about it, but then once they reach their goals, then what do they do? You know, do we, I guess it's maybe a bridge we cross when we come to it, but, um, it's thinking about my belief system and, and, and experience as to what will get you results. I mean, ultimately that's what people are exchanging their money and their time for, I would think. Right. Is they want to see something for it. So if I don't have weights, can I do something that just uses my body weight? Yeah. I mean, of course, like that's, that's typically like one of our first regressions. Um, if something doesn't look right, we will, you know, we'll manipulate their posture so that it, it's easier for them. Uh, a push up is a good example. Um, you know, if you're in a push up position, whatever your body mass is, you weigh something close to 65% of that is what's being expected for you to, to do a push up. So let's just simple math, right? Like somebody weighs a hundred pounds, a kid weighs a hundred pounds and they're going to do a push up. We're asking them to essentially bench press 65 pounds. That sounds kind of ridiculous when you think about putting a hundred pound kid on his back and asking him to move a bar that weighs 65 pounds, he's going to get buried under the bar. Um, so doing simple things like elevating somebody's hands. Um, the inverse is true where if that person is very strong for a hundred pounds, you raise their feet up a little bit and then all of a sudden they're moving something closer to more of their actual body mass. So, so you can put um, them at a mechanical advantage or disadvantage depending on exactly right. The need. Exactly right. Yeah. So that's, that's an example for the push up. but, um, other stuff you can manipulate tempo. So you make them move slower. Um, you can make them hold a posture like an isometric hold, whether it's like a wall sit or, you know, a, an isometric squat or, um, an isometric pull up hold or something like that. Um, but I guess to answer your question, like you can do it. Um, but at, at some point, you know, fundamental principles of strength and conditioning are progressive overload. Right. Um, so if all you've got is body weight at some point, and I'm not, I'm not saying you have to lift weights to be strong. Um, you look at gymnasts and in uh, my understanding is they don't do a ton of weightlifting, but they look pretty solid. Um, 
and again, you know, like there's there's plenty of body weight things you can do, but at some point in the in the setting that we're in, you're going to be limited on options there, and it would be okay. So you're going to go so far, and you might be happy with well, whatever. That's up to every individual to to figure out their own it course. Depends. Yeah, it depends on the goal. It depends on the timeline as to when they want to get to that goal for sure. Right. So what I like about the whole idea from what you've said so far is that if I was to set up with you, then I would be well. You know, you can, and I want to, I need someone to hold me to some kind of accountability, then it's there. It's like, I'm not just doing this on my own. And like today, I don't feel like it. So right, especially right. if I'm paying you for it, I'm gonna try, I'll probably be more uh, inclined to, to get some work done, put some work in. Um, yeah. It's funny how that works, right? I had a, yeah. um, I've had a gym for 12 years now, 11 or 12 years. Um, and for at least five of those, I had a trainer, I had a strength coach, I had a guy that I would go and see, um, and I would see him at least once a week. It was typically it was Wednesday mornings. I'd go and I'd train with him. Um, and he's been a, a huge mentor. He's been a coach to me. He's a, uh, quote unquote kettlebell guy. Um, but I've worked with him for, I don't know how many years he ended up being a roommate. He's been, I've been to his wedding in Mexico. He ended up wow. being a really good friend of mine. So that's great. Um, yeah, for sure. I think the accountability is a huge part of it. And again, it just depends on the goal, right? That's true. That's true. Okay. So if anybody wants to check you out and what you've got going on, they can go to metalstrength.com. That's M-E-T-T-L-E strength.com and see what you've got going on there. Learn a little bit more about you and your philosophy, your, the practices that you use beyond what we've talked about uh, during this particular call. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, again. I said I mentioned Kara earlier, and she's been a uh, a linchpin in this in this machine that we're trying to get rolling here, or have been rolling and trying to constantly evolve and improve. So uh, she set up the website. She's done an excellent job, and it just kind of, from her perspective and mine both, is just let's let people know who I am and what it is that I'm trying to accomplish. And right, you know, you it's uh, we're out there to help people move better, feel better, and uh, just take their health. Uh, wherever they want it to go.